Welcome to another episode of the Psalm 51 podcast. I'm your host, Riley Pate, my co-host, mentor, friend, and pastor, Brother David Jackson, here with me. And we are, of course, in partnership with Fallen in Grace Ministry based out of Tennessee. And we are a branch of the Old Country Church at Lafette, located just outside of Pittsburgh, Texas. And we're so glad that you've chosen to join us for another episode where we discuss uh, things surrounding or about uh, restoration and we've spent a couple of weeks one week we talked about King David and his kind of restoration journey there in Psalm 51 and last week we talked about things that hold us back uh, as we seek out restoration and we walk through that process uh, but today we wanted to kind of take a little bit of a Christmas spin to it and uh, this is kind of a a thought process courtesy of our friend, Brother uh, David Hiles. And, and so he talks about the Grinch that stole grace. You've heard about the Grinch that steals Christmas. Well, there are folks in the church uh, that are Grinches that steal grace. But before we kind of look into that side of things, we just want to discuss grace and how important uh, uh, a part that that plays in uh, restoration. Because really and truly, if it were not for grace, restoration would not be possible. Yeah, it, you know, our whole Christian life is based upon grace. Were, were it not for grace, we'd all be on our way to hell. And uh, it's a, it's sad that so many in the church today want to take grace upon themselves rather than allowing God to use His grace in our life. Uh, mm-hmm. God never uh, does away with grace. If it was good enough to get saved by, it's good enough to be restored by. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the Word of God. Matter of fact, God tells us that we are to restore such a one uh, unto His grace. And so uh, uh, I, I love this uh, lesson that Brother Howes gave uh, about the, uh, the Grinches of Christmas. <laughs> and uh, we, we, I guess we laugh about the Grinch, and, and, uh, but uh, there really are real Grinches in the church today uh, who want to steal the grace of God. Absolutely, and as we kind of uh, start out this discussion by looking at what is grace, well, well, I'll give you a simple definition, and I'm going to show you a couple. We want to look at a couple things here in Psalm 51. Mercy is God's withholding what we do deserve. Grace is God's giving of what we don't deserve. Uh, that is God's unmerited favor on us as human beings. We don't deserve anything that God gives us, but he gives it because of this thing that we call grace. That's why uh, the hymn writer many, many years ago called it amazing grace because there's uh, nothing that describes grace. There's no word in the English language or any other language for that matter that can truly encapsulate grace. But I think he did a very good job when he called it amazing because there's no way that we could ever earn, deserve, or pay back God's grace on our life. But uh, looking at Psalm 51 for just a moment, I like how uh, David puts it. He says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude. Now look at that word multitude. That means many, more than one. The multitude of thy tender mercies blot out my transgressions. That is God's grace. It is his loving kindness and the multitude of his Tender mercies. God's grace is endless. Uh, God's grace is free. And God's grace can completely encapsulate your life. It can save you, first of all, but it can restore you as well. 
Yeah, it's a, if we can ever get into our mindset, the grace of God in our everyday life, everything that God does for us is his grace. Mm-hmm. Everything. We, we, we carried, uh, I'll bring this up. We carried out some widow ladies mm-hmm. uh, the other night, Tuesday night. Uh, from our church, and uh, what a blessing they were to us. Oh, yes. Uh, one came up to my wife and gave her a hug and said, no one has ever done something like this for me before. And uh, it's not necessarily our grace. We're giving grace, but it's because of God's grace. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and that is what we as Christians, we as a church, we as pastors we ought to be stowing that grace upon others, not trying to keep it from them, not mm. trying to take it away from them, not keeping them from God's grace. No matter what somebody has done in their life, God's grace is free to everyone that wants it. And, and no matter what you're going through in life, and this is why I say grace is an all-encapsulating thing, You know, the Apostle Paul uh, writes, he says you know, he was struggling with that thorn of, of the flesh, and God told him, He said, "My grace is sufficient for thee. Uh, my strength is made perfect in uh, thy weakness." And so, grace is, is just something that if we could ever get a hold of it, uh, we would be able to avoid so much heartache in life. Yeah. You know, one of our biggest issues, and we touched on this uh, last week in in things that hold us back from restoration. Uh, one of our biggest issues as people who have fallen mm-hmm. is our own memories, yeah. our own minds, and, and Satan uses that to try and keep bringing it up and keep bringing it up and keep bringing it up. But when we fully grasp this thing called grace, his tender mercies, his loving kindness towards us, uh, when we can get a hold of that, that, that changes the whole perspective that changes the tune of everything that's going on. Yeah, you know, we we uh, uh, I, I love what Brother House said uh, earlier in the week when he said that uh, some have decided that grace can be too cheap or too free. They they criticize those who believe that grace is all of God and none of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it, it, it is all of God. But you know, we we have to be willing to be the people who. Forgive, mm-hmm. and we read a, a story uh, today uh, of a man talking about divorce, and we don't know who it is or anything like that. And uh, but talked about how uh, his wife had filed for divorce, mm-hmm. and he felt like she ought to come to him, ask forgiveness, and uh, uh, be the uh, submissive wife she <laughs> ought to be. Yeah. And that she had already been to the church and asked forgiveness, but he felt like it wasn't the church's place uh, to get that forgiveness. Well, that he it, was right, but it's not his that, place either. That's exactly right. And uh, and she had already gone to God and got forgiveness. Yep. And uh, but he felt like he was the one and the only one that could forgive her. Mm-hmm. And uh, heaven forbid that we ever get to the point in our life that we're so self righteous that we think people have to come to us and get forgiveness rather than going to God. Yeah, that we're the perfect people. Exactly. And and grace is not uh, something that we can just 
take lightly because it does come from God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it just it uh, baffles me how people think that, that the grace of God has to go through them for somebody to get forgiven. Yeah. And uh, this don't, I don't understand that. No, not at all. Not at all. And so now that we've kind of defined grace that, look, it's all of God. It's uh, completely free. It's not something we earn. It's not something that we can pay back. It's not something that we get from other people. It is uh, by by God's loving kindness, his tender mercies, and that's all there is to it. But now uh, let's kind of uh, take a look at a picture of grace that is shown uh, from Scripture. And, and we're going to be not going verse by verse by any means here, but kind of looking at the prodigal son there in Luke chapter 15. And so uh, we read there at the, the very beginning how the prodigal son goes to his father. Uh, he asks for his inheritance early. He gets it. He leaves. He goes and, and spends his uh, money on what the Bible calls riotous living, which means he, he went out and he partied. He had the women. He had the, the booze, all, all the, the things that we can imagine. He went and did that. And then uh, we've talked about this before, but... Uh, if you haven't heard uh, this part of the story, there's a famine that comes. He loses everything. He goes to uh, a Gentile. Yeah. Uh, here's this little Jewish boy he has to go to a Gentile. He winds up working for that Gentile in his pig pen of all places. Uh, he gets so down and out to the point that he would just rather eat just the, the husk of the corn You know that the pigs were eating there, the slop, and he finally... The Bible says, comes unto himself. He realizes, listen, I've messed up. I need to go back home. I need to go to my father. And so as he's walking back to the father, he's already rehearsed what he's going to say because in this boy's mind, I mean, daddy's going to be mad at me. He's not going to want to see me. So I'm going to have to just beg to, to at the very least, just be one of his servants. If nothing else, I can be one of his servants. But here's how the father reacted. This is grace. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father, talking about the prodigal son. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Here's a boy who disrespected his father in every way imaginable. It would have been understandable from a human perspective if that dad had said, you know what? I'll, I'll let you come back, but you, nothing more than a servant. Don't don't come to me and call me daddy. Don't come to me and expect to come to the house. But but the exact opposite is true. This daddy runs to him and falls on his neck. He kisses him. He shows compassion. That's grace. Yeah, you, you, you said a good word there when you said he didn't come to him and say, but. Exactly. No, we put men... Pastors, preachers want to put stipulations on grace. Mm-hmm. They, they want you to get right with God, but yeah, uh, they want you to to uh, uh, get right with the church, but you must do this first. Yeah, there's no but with this picture of grace. No, no, no Billy goats around here. No, right? not, not at all. None whatsoever. And uh, but that's what many churches, many Christians, many pastors uh, think must happen before a person can get right with God, before a pastor can be restored uh, to God, mm-hmm. they must. Uh, there must be a price that they must pay in order to do that. Yeah, that, that it's something that they earn. Yeah. But let's, again, go back to those words. Psalm 51, he calls it his 
uh, loving kindness. He calls it his tender mercies. Here, it's called compassion. Think of those words. Those are things that are the most emotional things that we can do to somebody. Show them loving kindness. Show them tender mercy. Show them compassion. And when somebody is down and out, when they've fallen into sin, uh, we're not supposed to go. Now, listen, that doesn't mean that you don't go to them and say, listen, what you're doing is wrong. It's not right according to Scripture. That's not what we're saying. But we don't go to them and beat our chest and point our finger at them and go, you're just a terrible person. You you need to do this and you need to do that. No, we show them compassion. We say, you know what? If it weren't for the grace of God, there's that word grace again, if it were not for the grace of God, I would be in your situation. And because I recognize that, I'm going to be compassionate towards you and realize that what you've done is a human thing. Uh, Did it go against the Bible? Yes. Did it cause some, some hurt? Absolutely. Did it do things that God never intended? Yes, it did. But, and here's a good but, but, God doesn't care. Right. He wants you to come back to him. And that, that is where compassion comes in when it when we're talking about grace. I, I believe some of the greatest men and women of God being used today and in the past and in the future are those who have fallen and realized what real grace has become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, many of the great men of God that I've had the privilege of knowing in my life, no doubt they have been through situations where they have had to come to themselves and get right with God and allow God's grace to be used in their life. And when you when you have been to that point in your life mm-hmm. that you realize how great, how amazing God's grace is, you'll look at other people who have fallen in a different light. Right. And you'll be able to counsel them in a different way. And that's exactly that word right. compassion is so important when it comes to counseling. And and we've talked about this in the first episode that you know when you when you first get to the ministry and you're around these guys and you hear them preach and they're so staunch and they're so you know on the standards and, and not that any of that's wrong but you get the idea well when somebody comes to me I just got to tell them bless God you got to do this this and this but then you get around those men and and uh, one of them I'm thinking about in particular that's a, a good friend of ours and I listen to him talk and I I hear compassion in his voice every time he speaks yeah. I, and, and I listen to him and I go, that's a man who, who yes, is staunch. He, he's as staunch as yeah. they come on yeah. some things. Yeah. But he's a man who has compassion yeah. for people. And I think we have to be reminded that God showed his grace to us, so we've got to be willing to show it to others through that compassion. Yeah, you know, Jesus looked at the multitude and, and, and saw compassion. He had compassion on them. If we, as Christians... If we as preachers, if we as pastors, if we cannot have compassion on those in the church, those who have fallen, we're in the wrong business. Right. We must have compassion. We cannot understand what they're going through if we don't have compassion for them. Right. So, you know, we, we need to understand that word compassion just like we understand grace because they go hand in hand. Right. Yeah, you, you can't have one uh, without the other. And so as we continue looking at this picture, going down to verse 21 of Luke chapter 15, the story says, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, he, he just ignored that completely. The father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. That signified that was the seal of the family. And shoes on his feet. Now the shoes, 
this is a, a an interesting little side fact here. Uh, servants didn't wear shoes. That's right. Sons did. Yeah. So he said, put put uh, shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf. That was the best calf that they had. Kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. That is a picture of grace if there ever was one. He didn't continue to crucify his son for what he had done. He didn't bring up, well, this made me feel a certain way. He said, you know what? You're back. That's what matters. You've realized you've gotten right with God. And now we're going to be happy. We're going to recognize you as a part of our family. And I'm going to proudly proclaim this was my son who once was lost. Now he's found. He's returned. Could you imagine what would take place in church today? If someone who had fallen into sin, somebody who had gotten out of church, lived in sin for a season, the pleasure of sin, the Bible says, and come back to church wanting to get right, could you imagine what would take place instead of saying, well, first you must do this, first you must do that, first you must get in front of the church. Could you imagine what would happen if we fell with compassion upon them and treated them as the father treated the prodigal son when he returned, we we ought to throw a party. Oh, we should. We we, we ought to fall on their neck, hug them, and say, welcome back to the graces of God. Yeah, that's how we should be. But then that leads us to that that thing that we kind of opened the show with, and that's the Grinches who (laughs) steal grace. There's one in this story as well. Uh, Verse 25 says, Now his elder son was in the field. As he came and drew out of the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he, talking about the older brother, was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this. Thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost in his found. But so many are like that elder brother they say, well, wait a minute, we've been coming to church, we're we're the Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we're your Sunday school teacher, why are you celebrating this fallen guy? Or, you know, they go to restore a pastor, well, why are you restoring that guy? Uh, th- there's so many Grinches, uh, and we're I like that because we're getting close to Christmas, so many Grinches that steal grace out of our churches that have this attitude of the older brother. And listen, as, as much as the younger son had done wrong. As far as he had gotten away from God, uh, let me tell you something. By the end of the story, the older brother was further away from God than the younger one. Yeah, and and we shouldn't have to defend what we've done to anybody. Right. You'll never find where the prodigal defended himself against his elder brother. No. But what the prodigal did do, he enjoyed the graces of his father. Yes. He wore the robe. He eat of the fatted calf. He enjoyed the fellowship he had with his father. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we ought to be. If you're, if you're listening to us uh, today, uh, remember that there's no one you have to defend your life to. You just need to get back in God's wonderful grace and do what God has called you to do. 
Do what God wants you to do. Listen, enjoy the graces of God. Enjoy the fellowship with God. Enjoy the, the calling that God has on your life because he's the one you're going to answer to one day, not the elder, not the, not the older brother, the elder right. brother. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I think when we encounter uh, these older brother, these Grinches, if you will, we, we tend to back off and think, oh, I, I must not be right with God. Yeah. And, and these, these people, listen, I, I like how one person described them to us. And, and don't don't take this the wrong way. I'm going to explain this. But this a, a wise person once told us they're terrorists. Yeah. And he was right, and here's why. Terrorists hold things hostage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to get you to meet their demands, and yeah. then when you do, they demand more. That's right. It's never enough. Yeah. So what the what these people who are trying to they're, they're number one they're holding grace hostage, yeah. and number two they'll hold other important things hostage yeah. to try and get you to to meet their demand. Yeah. Well, when you do, they're never going to extend any grace to you. They yeah. just want to have some sort of a a, a control. That's what it's all about. Yeah. People who withhold grace in the church want control. Yeah. They want you. To feel like you owe them and you owe everybody else in the church and therefore you're going to do exactly what they ask and nothing more and nothing less. Yeah. You're never going to try and serve in the church again unless they come to you and ask you yeah. to do it. Uh, Lord forbid that you actually answer God's call yeah. on your life yeah. because that's not what they want you to do. The older brother ultimately wanted control of the situation. What he wanted is for the, the prodigal son to say, you know what, Dad, I don't deserve this. I'm sorry. Never mind. This is a bad idea. I'll just be a servant. And therefore, that older brother could be on the pedestal. Of, I get to be the son. I get to be the one who enjoys yeah. the, the pleasures of God's grace, the treasures of God's grace. But, but here's the interesting thing. The people who hold grace hostage are the very ones who are missing out on it the most. Because yeah. when, they, when we withhold it from others, we're never going to truly be able to feel it in our life. You, you know, it's uh, you talk about... Uh, terrorists, uh, they demand, as you said, requirements. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I have both been there where we have uh, fallen and when we uh, wanted to get help, when we wanted to get right with God, when we wanted to get back in church, they put requirements on mm-hmm. us. Yeah, do this. You, do, do this, that. do that. You, you must... Get in front of the church. Confess your sins to the church. There's always requirements on everything that these people want. Mm-hmm. And and yet, my hope is not built on their requirements. Right. Uh, my hope is built in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. My hope is built in His grace. Mm-hmm. I don't need a Grinch in my life telling me <laughs> that God's grace is not good enough to forgive me without going through them. And in essence, that what the, that's what they want. They want you to go through them to find God's grace. And feel like... And here's the difference. When God extends grace to us, we don't owe him a dime. Right. But when when they feel like, okay, we're we're going to withhold the grace, so then you meet our demands. Now we're going to show you a little bit of it. From that point forward, they feel like you're indebted to them. Well, yep. we didn't have to let you do this. Yep. We, we didn't have to allow right. this to take place. Right. And, and that is, again, it is as far from the picture of grace as you could possibly get. Yeah. And, and we are the only institution in the world. The church is the only institution in the world that will get somebody who is wounded, kick them while they're wounded, and then shoot them, ask them to come back uh, in order for us to quote-unquote revive them, and then when they do something that 
that we don't, oh, that's too far. Okay, we're going to shoot them again. Let's wound you. I, we do that, and that's not grace at all. You know, when a, when a person comes to himself and he gets right with God, what they, what they expect, we know this for, for a fact. Mm-hmm. We expect to go back to church and people get excited. Yeah. We, we expect, uh, maybe we don't want a party, but we want people to understand and be excited yeah. because we've got right with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and anybody who has fallen, and, and by no means, if you're listening to this, by no means are we saying if you're living in sin that it's okay. No. Not, not at all. We're saying when you come to yourself and want to get right with God, uh, that is God's grace. That's not man's uh, determination of what happens in your life. Mm-hmm. That's God's. Yes. And when you, when we as the church, when we as pastors, when somebody comes to us, mm-hmm. we should never put any stipulations. We should never put any requirements on them uh, about what they must do in order to come back to God. That's between them and God. Or put a a, a bar between them and future service. That, that's that's right. So we, we like to do that. We like to say, well, okay, you can come back and you can do this, this, and this, but you can't do this, this, and this. Yeah, yeah. That's not grace at all. Yeah. The, 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 the father withheld nothing from that son. From that day forward, he enjoyed everything there was to enjoy about being a son again. We, we hear it all the time. Somebody gets right with God, they get back in church, they want to serve the Lord, and, and their, their calling maybe is to teach Sunday school mm-hmm. or maybe to, to lead the singing or lead the choir or, or whatever it might be, what, whatever uh, facet that God has called them to do. And yet, when they're, when they're, when they're getting, uh, I don't know the right word here, when they, when they get all excited wanting to be used of God, uh, mm-hmm. we tend to... Uh, we tend to um, uh, withhold that. Uh, we tend to say, okay, that's that's all fine and dandy, but that's not enough. Uh, here, here again, we go back to here's a list of things uh, that aren't possible, that aren't going to take place. That's not grace. That's not grace. And so we must remember, let us not be grinches of grace. Uh, Let us not be withholders of grace. But let those of us who are in the church, who have experienced God's grace, when we run into people who uh, have fallen and are looking to come back, they've, they've repented, they've come unto themselves, they've gotten right with God, not Listen, it's not about getting right with anybody but God, but they come to us, they say, I've gotten right with God, I want to get my life back on track. Let us be givers of grace. God God didn't put demands on us. God didn't put limitations on us. God said, here's my grace. It is sufficient. It is free. It is a gift. Come, uh, and you can and will uh, receive it. And so let us remember, uh, especially, you know, we're releasing this right before Christmas and gifts are being given out. There's not a gift that we could give any better than the gift of grace to oh, those who follow. Absolutely. And, and we must give that gift of grace. So many people in the church are hurting today. So many are hurting because either they have fallen into sin uh, and 
uh, th- their families don't want to get right with them. They don't, they don't accept them back. The church doesn't accept them back. We must be a, uh, we call ourselves Christians. Well, what, what does that mean? It, it mm-hmm. means we ought to be more Christ-like. Yes. And to be Christ-like is to have that compassion. Mm-hmm. To be Christ-like is to share the grace of God. And yes. we should do that. No matter what you've done, no matter what we've done, no matter what anybody's done, if, if they're willing to get right with God, who are we to stand in their way? And not only should we not stand in our way, we ought to be like that, Father. Run to them. Absolutely. Hug them, kiss them, yeah. thank them, and say, glad to have you back. Let's move forward. How many people in our church, and, 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 and I'm not naming names by any means, how many people in our church have been run off from another church because they didn't feel like that they were right with God. Yeah. They were doing something that, that they felt like they shouldn't be in that church. And yet today, they're active in our church. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're, that we are somebody who loves them, and we do. Yes. And, and they are growing in the Lord. Mm-hmm. There, there's no greater joy than that. Not at all. And our vision for this Psalm 51 ministry, and for those of you that listen to this podcast, is that if you're a, one of those who have fallen, you've been hurt, you can reach out to myself or Brother David, uh, and we will do all that we can for you. And if it's something that we don't have, a resource we don't have, we will get you in touch with those that do. But also, if you're listening to this and you're just a, a church member and you, you're not going through anything right now, you're going to run into people yeah. that do. And we yeah. want to equip you with biblical knowledge about this thing called restoration. And we wanted to take today and remind you, don't be a Grinch, yeah. be a giver of yeah, grace. Absolutely. We, we love you. Uh, we want you back in God's grace, and, and we're here to help you any way that we can to help restore you back to the graces of God. Absolutely. So uh, remember, it's Saturday. It's Christmas Eve. We want to say Merry Christmas, but also remind you, tomorrow Sunday, be in your place, Amen. go to God's house, yes. and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Have a blessed weekend.